Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always, I am joined by Will Murden. How is it going tonight on Season Launch 2021? This is it. We've made it. We've made it to a another season. The two of us, who would have thought? However many beers ago it was that we're sitting <laughs> down and thinking we should we should get into this uh, that we'd multiple still be doing countries, it. multiple countries, multiple beers, um, multiple houses. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's it, been a journey. It's it certainly journey. has, and we're still loving it. Yeah, we are. I've actually probably enjoyed it more the longer it's gone. I, I, you know, you you had those struggles early where like three minutes of airtime felt like about a million years and you were just horribly shaking your nervous voice through it and it was just an absolute disaster um and now we do that but we feel more confident about it (laughs) definitely i think the remote side of it has helped us as well where we don't have to kind of like drive to each other's house and and sit around and do it it's made it i do miss the face-to-face though i do miss the face-to-face i enjoyed the, again, many beers ago. Uh, all right, we have got a massive, massive show. Uh, it is our season launch episode, so we'll get through all the corny activities that Will loves to put together and I like participating in, and hopefully you guys like listening to it too. Before we get to any of them, the Vault Studio Podcast Network, we are a part of those guys now, so please make sure you do head over there and support all their fantastic content that they are putting out. Um, please make sure you do support our show by giving us a five-star review on any of your your podcasting capturing software or applications of choice. Um, All the help and love and comments does really do support us, support the show uh, and allows us to continue to churn out the crap that we churn out. Another big thanks to Burnley Brewing, which is on the way. Are we on route or has this arrived? Has the magic package arrived? I have You're not, not going to be honest here. You've got a guilty look on your face already. It has arrived, doesn't it? It has not arrived, but uh, I, will, I will not be letting you know when it does. That's, <laughs> that's what the look is. I hope it's fucking all exploded and you just like unwrap it and there's just glass and beer everywhere. Now and I'll, you do I'll, it on carpet as well. I'll save a couple to share with you uh, oh. to, to toast in your new under the world. How's that sound? Sounds perfect. Uh, and I've got a question for you centered around that in just a second. But the things that we're going to hit today, preseason all down under team. Sounds more sexual than it really is. Uh, Storylines that we want to see for the year. Aussies in action. So we'll hit all the guys that are mainly punting and kicking over there, but a few other bits and pieces as well in some positional uh, guys from Australia. And we'll touch on all those guys. Ray Guy, uh pre-season watch list players as well so a big feature here for the Aussies that is really what got us started in this podcast game in the first place so we need to pay homage to those guys uh, we will see I'll have a look at some teams that we are getting around for season 2021 we'll recap our conference championships and then of course we are going championship draft for 2021 will pit me last year for the first time in college football down under history, um, but I prepare. I'm prepared to uh, bring some vengeance, and I believe I will win the title back. Now we've settled on a uh, format uh, that we ran last year, and we enjoyed that one. So we're going to run with that again. Yes, I, I agree. It was good fun. Uh, question for you before you fire one at me: Is this our senior year, or are we redshirt juniors, or what's the deal? Redshirt, redshirt juniors, and we got like a COVID year as well. So really, we're like redshirt sophomores. We're redshirt sophomores. That feels right. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say before we do continue, and I pump uh, 
hit this hit you with this question as I really murder my words there. Uh, please make sure that you do get us on social media as well on C- at CFB Down Under, Insta, uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you you know interact with people in a fake online make believe world. We're there too, so make sure you do hit us up there. Yeah, especially opening weekend as well. Like I will be watching all of the games from very early in the morning. So if you are also crazy enough to be up or you get up and, and do watch at a more civilised hour, please do tune in. Let us know. Hit us up. Uh, get your thoughts, takes. Let us know what bets you've got on or if you want any things to steer clear of. I'll tell you what I've got my money on. and like, <laughs> So what to steer clear of. <laughs> exactly right. So we, we want to continue to grow this community and we'd love to hear from anyone out there who listens to the show who might be watching the footy over the weekend uh now you're going to be watching some games this weekend uh, you know which is fractionally different to what you were doing last weekend where you were you know viewing some of 21st century fox's finest productions oh yeah last week got away from me again and i'm sure like long time listeners of the show are sick of hearing this shit because i'm sick of hearing it too uh (laughs) stop fucking doing it it's i've got a problem I've obviously got a problem. No, it's end of season bash, so it's kind of one of those things that's just got to be done, uh, especially as I'm winding down these seasons. Who knows how many more I've got left, but well, really got none. away from me. You said none. <laughs> really got away from me. I was, I was kind of hoping. I ran like a bit of a betting thing up at the footy club to try and keep me occupied, but it, all the guys just thought they'd take the piss and, you know, you're giving out shots as part of this betting thing. A lot of them got directed to me <laughs> and yeah, it all just kind of spiralled on me out of there. Well, I mean, they know that your seasons are coming to an end as well and you're going to be forced into the B grade, which means you're being forced into retirement. So Essentially, yeah. yeah. All right, my question for you before we get started, do you have any tips for first-time dads for negotiating the college football season? Because... I'm aware that I don't necessarily uh, condone sitting in front of a TV screen for 12 hours on a Sunday. I don't want my child to do that, you know, no matter how old it is and if it can even, you know, hold its head up or open its eyes. I don't necessarily need them staring at the screen. So how do I negotiate this? Look, I'd kind of let go of that one early on in the piece. Don't don't hold too tight onto the whole screen time thing. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) We could certainly do better, but just... Uh, don't hold on to that one and in terms of first time dad college football season it's actually worked out really well for you because when they are super young they don't do fuck all like they just sit and lie so what you do is you put on your awesome dad hat and you go look i'm gonna i'm gonna take the little one i'm I'm gonna look after him for the next 12 hours you just relax and do until you know you're required to feed and all of that fun stuff but all of that time, grab them, just hold them, watch the football. Don't get too excited because that, that can cause some issues. I've been there. <laughs> but it, it's just kind of good bonding time, you know? So you don't have to be stressed too much about it. If anything, you can grab them out of bed when they start crying and you're up at a crazy hour and, and it saves the other half doing it. So it's win-win. I, 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 think, I think English Jess is going to see through that pretty quickly. Yeah, no doubt. But at the same time, sleep becomes at such a premium that she's not going to give a fuck. She'll just be happy that she can go back to bed and you're up with the child. All right, let's hit our pre-season all down under team. So we're going to come up with players from most positions, I suppose. Uh, Some will be more specific than others. Um, Giving 
you as listeners and, and people fresh to college football an idea of some of the best players or the players that we're most looking forward to? Now, this is not necessarily the best players in college football. This is the players that we are most excited to see for various reasons, um, and we will talk you guys through that. So let's start at the premium position in all of sports, potentially, the QB. Who are you most looking forward to? Who makes your all-down-under team? Well, do you want to kick things off? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I know your direction, but do you? you go first. Yeah, yeah you go first, because I, I want to hear, hear it from you. I'm going DJU. Wow, okay. He's one that I really liked watching last year. I like big-bodied athletic freaks. And you're going to see a bit of a theme here across particularly my offensive players, but certainly all the way across college football. I like big dudes that can run. Uh, and DJ, you can do that. He can pass as well, um, but he's just a weapon of a human. And I like watching those big guys uh, get around the field. I, I really, really enjoy that kind of... Um, that style of football and, and he's got it all he's the whole package to me and I, I like watching him I did last year and I expect to do the same this year okay yeah look he's a good one and, and I'm excited to see him play as well I thought you might go this boat but Matty Corral uh, <laughs> at, at Ole Miss <laughs> That's he's in enough. my team for sure fair enough He's electric. You're going to have to watch him. He's must-see uh, TV uh, on the football field so 100% Matt Corral gets the nod for me Okay, running back, where are you going with this position? Because this could go in a million different directions. Who are you taking? I'm going like unproven hype, really. Uh, B. Straight out of the Big John 12. Robinson. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I think he could explode this year, and, and I fully expect him to have a, a massive impact for those Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian there. So I'm excited to watch him play. He's my selection at the running back. I 100% agree. He was the first name that I put down. He, sh he flashed early. He was going over eight yards a carry and then just stopped getting the ball. And we're not really sure why, but Steve Sarkeesian is an offensive mastermind. No two ways about it. Do not think that his success at Alabama was simply a product of all the players they have there. He is a freak um, as a play caller and as a strategist. And all the reviews around him have been around the fact that he was doing stuff from a route concept perspective and an offensive perspective that people had never seen before. Um, and so you're going to see that and they're going to find ways to get B. John Robinson the ball. A couple of other names that I really, really enjoy. Um, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky and Jerry Ely from Old Miss, who I got into last year but sort of fell flat for me. But those two boys in the SEC are ones that I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah, certainly. I think uh, Brees Hall needs to be mentioned here too. I feel a bit bad because he has shown more than Robinson on the field in the Big 12. He's the Iowa State running back. He's probably the number one returning guy in a number of NFL watch lists. And, and, and he was amazing. He's just kind of a bit under the radar because he plays at Iowa State. Yeah, the backup's always better than the starter. That's like a classic thing, right? And, and we know what Brees Hall is, so we like going with the guys we're not so sure about. All right, wide receiver. Now, there's a lot of different options here. Um, I pre you'll probably get an idea of where I'm going with this, but who do you like uh, at the wide receiver position for 2021, especially considering that we lost a fair few kind of big names last season across the country? Um, so there's certainly a bit of a void there that can be filled. Yeah, absolutely. I think the last couple of years, we've had a, uh, some really good wide receiver classes that have gone on to the NFL. That top-end talent has been amazing. So it's going to be interesting to see who fills that void. The number one for me is David Bell at Purdue. 
Don't hate it. You know I don't hate that. You know I I do not hate that. You're a big Boilermaker guy, and I I watched a bit of his tape, chucked it on. He's he's a freak. He is a contested ball machine. His numbers that he's put up across the first two years of his career are outstanding. Uh, His catch rate in those contested uh, possessions is through the roof. He's not necessarily a burner. He's not someone that creates a whole bunch of separation, but you just throw it to him. And I love dudes like that. So he is going to be double covered a lot of the time and it don't matter. He's going to come down with it. So David Bell for me is the, the one to watch for. I've got a few here. Uh, Again, I'm going big and athletic. So Drake London, USC. Uh, I love watching him. He's just a basketball dude. Throw it up. A little bit in the mold of like a Mike Evans or a uh, a Jimmy Graham almost out of Miami. Like kind of pretty raw, but can do it all. Super athlete, two-sport guy. Um, And I really, really enjoy him and the way he goes about it, speaking of contested catches, and he's a big dude, big athletic guy that can run a little bit. Again, not a true burner, but he's, man, he's a tough matchup. Uh, the other ones that I did want to mention, Traylon Burks at, um, at Arkansas. I like him a lot. Again, six foot three, big dude, can run, um, and, and a pretty nifty route runner as well. They're my two athletic guys, the speed freak, and there is probably only one in this kind of group that fits the Rondale Moore, Percy Harvin kind of scat back, um, speedy slot receiver that can sort of take screen pass and that. And that's Anaya Smith from Texas, A&, uh, Texas A&M. So if you're interested in that kind of player, Anaya Smith is one to watch. Plus he wears number zero, so that's always interesting. That is cool. Any other receivers? No, not from me. All right, tight end position. Let's hear it. Uh, so I'm going also to Texas A&M and looking through this list, like when, when you're trying to come up with names, they've got some dudes this year, Texas A&M, but Jalen Widemeyer uh, at that tight end position, 6'5", 270, uh, absolute machine. He's probably their number one receiving target that they have in that backfield there. So uh, he, he's a machine. I expect big numbers from him. They've got a new quarterback starting and I think they're just, he's going to lock in on Widemeyer Early, often, uh, massive catch radius, tough to bring down. Born in the year 2000, which is just mind-blowing to me. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, he I remember is... watching Kathy Freeman win the 200 comfortably. I was old enough to have like quite vivid memories before that time, like Olympics before that time. So anyway, yeah, yeah gross. Uh, so yeah, Widemeyer for me. I'm taking Greg Dulcich from UCLA. A bit quiet to get out of the blocks in week one against Hawaii, but uh, yeah, he's he's a big guy with a curly mullet, um, and I'm expecting good things from him. Heading across to the offensive line, there are two guys for me. Evan Neal from Bama. I've been bigging him up since day one as a true freshman. He's a man-child. He's been kicked out to tackle now, and he'll be... You know, another awesome offensive lineman. And Daniel Farlele from Minnesota, a 400-pound monster, born and bred in Australia. Uh, He's at Minnesota. He's going to man probably right tackle for them and just cave in um, sides of defensive lines with his size. Is he actually 400 pounds? Uh, yeah, he's, he's 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 got down under that. He's about three seventy. I think they're going to he's going to try and play at about three seventy. But he's six foot nine. Yeah, because I mean Evan Neal's that same size too. He's like six eight, 
360, 370. That is just disgustingly large. And to try and think you can just get around these guys, especially once they get their big bear mitts on you, it's (laughs) it's done. Like, that's terrifying. Uh, For me, it's Darian Kinnard at uh, Kentucky, another large human. He's a road grader, like loves (laughs) to run block. Uh, Not a lot of passing going on at Kentucky. Kentucky, a good run blocking O-lineman. I'm shocked at this information. (laughs) That's impressive. I mean, that's their strength and that's what he does well. His his zone blocking and ability to crash down and just hurt people is second to none. So he gets his spot on my team. All right, let's head across to the other side of the ball now. On the defensive line, there's kind of one name that stands out, but I'll let you have first crack at this. Who are you going with? There is one that stands out, but for mine, it's uh, Will Anderson Jr. at Alabama. Uh, So he was a true freshman last year, five-star coming in, and just set up shop in the backfield. Didn't quite put up the sack numbers, but it was the pressures. He had something like 40 QB pressures across their season. And I think... like He's like, as, he's as, like the Jadavian Clowney of college football. So just a I lot think of pressures. That well was done. That was clap, true clap. freshman season. I think he takes it up another level. Like there's a reason why Alabama are ranked number one and, and they're always that good because they get guys like him. And I think he takes Not another step this year. He... Well, he's well coached. And that's the thing. Like he I has... He's because of coaching. I'm putting that out there. Oh, this is. I'm going to go way off track here. I don't think Nick Saban is that great a coach, and and I've also heard him admit something quite similar. Like he doesn't think he's the best coach in college football. He thinks he's the best recruiter in college football. He doesn't think he's necessarily the best coach. So is he the best CEO? Potentially, um, but certainly a really good recruiter, a really good manager, and and runs good systems. Obviously, I don't think anyone can doubt his success. In terms of an X's and O's guy, though, I don't know that he is the top of the pile. But the, um, the I think he even like, admits that. Head coaches at college football programs are less about coaching and more about being a CEO yeah. of that program. Yeah, I don't know just, that Ed, it's happening that way in the AFL as well. I don't know that Ed Orgeron's like hustling the chalkboard there and really like dialing up creative plays. And that's why losing a guy like Sarkeesian's a big hit. You yeah, know, exactly. you got to replace that. And he's able to do that with someone like Bill O'Brien, who historically has been very been good. Been mediocre. Too. Been mediocre. All right, I'm going to take low-hanging fruit here. Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. He will be a top 10 pick, maybe even top 5 pick in the NFL draft. Um, Just another one of those athletic weapons. Not Chase Young, but certainly like he just looks different. When Who was the boy from, was it Baylor? Oakman, was it? Was he the giant? Jalil Okafor. Who who did Oakman play for? Was that you guys? Hmm. You don't Did know. I? He was just Did like I? a jacked monster, and you're like, oh my God, this dude is just big. Anyway, the other name I will mention is George Kalaftis at Purdue. Um, Got to get a Greek boy in there because they don't come around too often at the defensive line position. So he's done a really good job um, looking to solidify what was a good 2019 season. Uh, 2020 a little bit quiet, so hopefully he can do a good job along the defensive line for Purdue, and that defense can come along a little bit, but he is a good one. Linebacker, William, who do you like at the linebacker position? Uh, A big old white guy from Wisconsin. (laughs) Jack Sanborn. Uh, Like he, it's just kind of plug, plug and play, isn't it? It's just the same sort of dude. That He's probably in that a position. walk-on as well. Yeah, almost certainly. 
Wears but like he's, a sweet neck roll. <laughs> and he's got heart. He's captain of the defense. Yeah. Um, he's, got a, he's a big motor guy. He he's just a, and, never and gives he, up. He won't do a lot the next level, but he will lay a lot of tackles and be part of a very successful defense this year. So, yeah, Jack Sanborn, uh, Wisconsin, I, I think he will be quite a presence in the middle of that Badger defense. I like my athlete, uh, my linebackers a little less like white boy thumper from like the 80s and more kind of rangy, speedy, athletic types that get sideline to sideline. So Christian Harris at Alabama is an absolute freak. And the other one, Nicobe Dean, he's a little bit slighter, can get to the quarterback. But that guy from Georgia has got some speed as well. Um, so look for those two guys to do a lot of damage. And they should probably be all SEC guys, um, if not all Americans as well. Lastly, in the secondary, again, I'm going low-hanging fruit here. But I'm taking at cornerback Derek Stingley out of LSU. Trent McDuffie at Washington. Those two guys are really, really good. And Washington continue to churn out really good cornerbacks as they have done for... Years upon years upon years now, I guess. And um, Derek Stingley at LSU appears to be, again, potentially... Someone will reach on him probably and potentially take him in the top six or seven in the draft as well. Um, there's even arguments that he's the best player in college football this year. Yeah, absolutely. He is deserved of that from what we've seen so far. So I, I think top five is well within his range in the draft. For me, it's uh, Source Gardner at Cincinnati. <laughs> If you look at his numbers that he's achieved over the first couple of years, uh, coming in as a relatively lowly rated recruit, he's been amazing. Yet to have a touchdown scored on him, the uh, numbers of opposition quarterbacks uh, when targeting him are just piss poor. He is a dominant shutdown defender and a big reason why Cincinnati have started the year and ranked in the top 10 and why they were so good last year. So Source Gardner, if it's not a name you haven't heard. Now, now you have. And a name like Source is just fantastic. Uh, so watch him continue to grow momentum this year and also get himself up into a first-round draft pick status. You don't like source? I think it's Ahmed. I'm also going to say one other... Pipe down, Chachi. Um, I'm also going to say one other player. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame is um, an actual defensive back who will do really, really good things at his safety position. Again, another big dude, six foot four, um, bit of a weapon. And the specialist, uh, kicker Alex Hale, Oklahoma State. (laughs) And punter Lou Headley, Miami. Absolutely. But we'll also give a special mention to Lucas Dean at uh, UTSA and Tory Taylor at Iowa. I reckon those two boys will be challenging Louis Headley for the uh, Ray Guy this year. Although, th- we're, we're going to hit on it soon. There's fucking heaps who could be. And, and it's, <laughs> oh, no. It is I know. really cool. It's, it's like... 70% of the watch list guys are like a show. No, it's not quite that high, but it's a lot. Um, so just like statistically speaking, an Australian's going to win it. Uh, okay, let's move on. Storylines that we want to happen in college football for season 2021. I have got five. I don't know how many you've got, Will. i got four. Four, okay. So I'll start then, I suppose. Um, and we'll probably hit on some of the same sorts of things. Uh, but let's start here. Where am I going to go first? Okay, I want to see some big rivalries come back to college football. Um, for me, I think Ohio State-Michigan has been incredible. 
really disappointing. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State has been disappointing. Not that it's ever really been a great rivalry, like in whoa, terms whoa, of... Whoa, whoa, there's to, good to games. Me, we just lose them all. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. But for a rivalry to truly exist, like you need to have winning and losing on both sides. You need those crazy games. Um, and, and that just sort of hasn't happened. Anything involving Florida State has been disappointing over the last few years, so I'd love to see them and their games become interesting, not because other teams are playing badly, but because Florida State is playing better football. Uh, I don't know that any of these things happen this year, but I would love to see some of these rivalry games get weird, get funky, and be super relevant year in, year out. Not just because of historical context, but because they're genuinely good football games. Absolutely. Okay. No, no I, I, I'd enjoy that too. I think everyone who loves college football would love to see more of that. So that'd be good. Uh, my first storyline that I would like to see of the year is that I would like the Pac-12 oh. to be good again. Or at least Zing. kind of there given a... Mind. A little bit more credibility. I would like a true challenger to emerge, whoever that may be. Uh, I'd like them to be competing in the playoff. I would like them to be winning their out-of-conference games and doing well. They've got a few juicy ones. So uh, Oregon, Ohio State. Imagine Oregon go in and whoop that one. Uh, Washington, Michigan at the same time. If Washington go around and, and dominate them, then all of a sudden that kind of tips the the balance and the perception towards the Pac-12 there so I would like to see that early and then I would like to see some some true challenges emerge and not too much cannibalism from within like we've seen a bit recently and I think the issue with that is what you actually need to happen to be relevant in your particular conference at the moment you need somebody to run the table whether that's USC or Oregon, you really need them to run the table. They can't feast on each other, as you mentioned, and they've got to get to the championship game. And that's what I've said for me. I would love to see them get to the national championship game. So running the table, you can't have USC you know, beat Oregon and then lose to Utah. You can't have Oregon you know, beat Utah and then lose to Washington. Um, you've got to make sure that one of those teams gets through it, one loss at worst, um, and hopefully it's out of conference. But I agree. I'd love to see the Pac-12 get some credibility back because it's a good conference. It's it's good competitive football. Um, it's fun. It's a good time zone for us. But it's just lost a little bit of luster, and they're working to get that back. And it's a really good point that you make that it's super disappointing that a like a conference needs to have a dominant champion yeah. for them to be considered like it, it kind of sucks that we've got that, that that's yeah. the downside about the big 12 is that oklahoma always win it the downside about the acc is it's always clemson same with ohio state so we don't necessarily see that in the pac 12 and then they just get ragged on for it yeah I, yeah i agree i think like if they can come out and beat i mean if they beat ohio state and then they beat and then washington beats michigan i think whatever happens in that conference then um, the rest of the country will have to stand up or sit up and take notice of that. You can't just ignore that anymore. So that gives them some more credibility. So I think big out-of-conference games will certainly do them a lot of favors. Okay, for me, another storyline that I would like to see, I want a group of five team in genuine discussion for the playoff. Now, we always, always have these, oh, are they going to make it? Are they not? No, no, no. I want a group. I want there to be enough carnage at the top where every single team has got one loss, and a group of five team goes undefeated, rolls through, and they're ranked second or third even, and has this situation where they're like the discussion isn't uh, can we find a way to put them in. It's 
you know, nervously, how do we leave them out? And uh, and that doesn't eventuate. It, you know, they get into that playoff. I'd love to see that happen. Again, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just want to see them in the genuine discussion for that playoff spot. Yeah, I love that. I, that carries over to one of mine. Uh, I, want, I want it to be Cincinnati. I want Cincinnati to run the table because I, I honestly think that they're really the only genuine chance. Like starting ranked inside the top 10, if they run the table, do it in dominant fashion. They have some very good players on, on that team, very experienced team, good coaching stuff. I, I think they're the ones who could certainly do that. So that's a real storyline that could play out and would be awesome to see. I agree. Okay, round the horn a couple more times. Who have you? What have you got as another storyline you would like to see in college? Uh, I would like to see a bit of a return of the old blue bloods. Oh. I would like to see a bit of an uptick in, in some of that. So we're kind of getting a bit sick of the, the, the new top end of town. I would like to see, and it doesn't necessarily mean Texas need to win the Big 12 and make it back to the Final Four, but I would like to see them competing for the Big 12. Uh, you know, with Oklahoma State. I would like to see uh, USC come back and, and show something and be like truly relevant. I'd like to see Florida State turn the corner a little bit and, and show some life and make, make it look like they're actually going to be something that almost resembles their, their former glory. Uh, I'd, I'd like Miami to be really good again. Like I'd, I'd like to see them kind of show out, maybe not win week one because I don't think it can happen, but be close and, and then do really well in the ACC. So I would like to see that from perhaps some of those old ones. I think Nebraska hasn't got, off, got us off to a good start on that one. Um, but we maybe Michigan, hit- maybe Michigan just come out of nowhere and, and win the Big Ten and, and do really well. We will hit Scott Frost in our week one preview. I mean, maybe not as hard as what like the Board of Trustees are about to there in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, but God damn it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think all we're after, and this leads into my last one, is we just want some more parity across college football. We want to believe that some, like any team in the top 15 can win it or certainly can come out of the clouds and is close enough has enough talent to be able to muster um, a win, that would be really, really good. Um, the, my I last guess, one? And, my last one? And like I, said, like I said, oh, this bleeds into my second last one, and that is that the big three don't go undefeated. Okay, so Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Uh, we need a little bit of carnage there. And I don't just mean like they take one loss between them i mean that like they all genuinely lose one probably two games and that evens up the entirety of college football and not only that but that some of the best skill position players and we've hit on a lot of them and we didn't actually mention alabama ohio state or clemson that much although you could argue that the ohio state wide receiver room is one of the best in the country um, you could argue that the Alabama running backs are really, really good again. Uh, we just want to see that the best skill position players and the talent has spread enough that these teams cannot just out-talent people uh, and that, that they go undefeated somewhere. There's a glitch in the matrix. That'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, my last one, which is kind of like a storyline I don't want to see. It's like a bit of a double negative here. but uh, good. Good. I, I, I don't want the Delta having an impact on the year. Like we went through it last year and I think we're going to get crowds in stadiums and we're going to, it looks like we're getting some sense of normality, but then at the same time, like with some of the stuff that you're seeing and the numbers and, and all of that, it, 
it is a concern. So I was really hoping we'd be out the back of this by now, and it certainly doesn't seem to be the case. But hopefully it, it doesn't have an adverse impact on teams who have to miss games and, and, and have to forfeit games because they don't have enough players to, to kit up. Well, and we know now that a lot of these conferences have come out and said, if you forfeit a game due to COVID, that counts as a loss. And even the SEC have put financial penalties upon those games as well. So there's no reason that teams should be, they should be doing everything in their power to um, get protected, both via the vaccination, the jab, and uh, you know, also looking after themselves in-house as well. My last one, bit of a homer pick, Derek King to win the Heisman. That's all I want. If he wins the Heisman, Miami doing good things, and Sam Howe How is not. So that's that's what I want. Okay. And I don't give a fuck. Imagine if all of that stuff happens. Good rivalries, you know, group of five teams in the playoff, the big heavy hitters in college football take a step back. <sighs> I, I would believe in college football again. I would believe it, in college football again. It, not that we don't, but it would be fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's get to Aussies in action. Now I've got my big uh, spread list, spreadsheet here, spread list, spreadsheet here of humans that are from Australia representing uh, various schools all over the place. And I will bust through, we will try and mention every single player, but there are, I don't even know how many, I probably should have counted this up, but a lot. Spread, um, spreadsheets these days they've got this fantastic uh, dude, functionality I've moved it to a word document it's just a table alright don't be a fuckhead about it um, okay uh, we've, we'll let, where do you want to start then which conference because uh, we've got we've got representation in every single um, uh, FBS conference which is fantastic let, let's start all in the group, group let's five, start in the group of five the power five and the independents let's start in the group of five yeah let's we're a group of five bloody we're a group of five podcasts, so why not? Uh, let's start in the American. Luke Larson is a freshman at ECU. Not sure how much time he's going to get, but look out for him. Matt Franger, uh, redshirt freshman at S, redshirt freshman at SMU, uh, played last year in a couple of games. Um, now you're going to love this one, Mason Fletcher. Good, Dustin's son. Correct. Yes, Dustin Fletcher's son. He's a freshman at Cincinnati. Six foot seven, thank you very much. Um, and he takes over from James Smith, who had a fantastic career for the Bearcats. And you just know he's going to be as durable as fuck. Like, there ain't <laughs> nothing that's going to stop him from getting on that field. He's going to play 400 games of college football. That's Amazing. What he's do. Amazing. Trent Schneider, who has played for USF for at least a million years, goes into his junior year only. No, no. That really? is. C- Correct. Um, he holds six USF punting records, and I think he's going to hold all of them at the end of this year just because he's played so many. So he has had a fantastic career. Probably goes into like, I don't know if USF have got a Hall of Fame. I'm assuming they do, but he's probably a, a shoe-in for one Absolutely. of those. You can't hold every single punting record and not make it. Dead, dead set. I'm sure they've got some sort of fluoro green jacket. You know, those unis that they pulled out, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they get one of them. When they get I mean, he probably makes a conference. All starts, I don't know, all these sorts of things. Anyway, let's move on. Lane Wilkins uh, at Houston. He is a Ray Guy preseason watch list guy. Played all in all eight games last year. And how's this for a stat? Didn't allow a positive punt return. Not bad. 
That is impressive. Um, Lockie Wilson, redshirt sophomore from Tulsa. Uh, he is from Melbourne and is looking to have a good season there too. As we head across to Conference USA, Josh Sloan is a freshman at UTEP and they had a really, really good season last year um, he played every game last year still a true freshman because of last year's season not counting matt hayball a ray guy watch list at fau from adelaide originally so he um had some good days last year had a few average ones as well but he's got a lot of potential lucas dean as we've mentioned ray guy watch list as well utsa all conference last year second team all american um so he's a really really good one Ethan Dwayne at Old Dominion, Griffin Fleming at Southern Miss, Bailey Rice at Charlotte, and lastly, John Haggerty at Western Kentucky uh, is also a watch list guy, and he is a fantastic punter. He um, holds the best and second best punting seasons in Western Kentucky history. He, <laughs> so yeah. he that is impressive. He has been a mainstay for him. Did you say Bailey Rice is, is at Charlotte now? Because he was originally at Toledo. Correct. He's he's entered the transfer portal. Like he has entered it. the transfer portal because now uh, Bailey Flint is yeah. at Toledo. Another Aussie boy. Fantastic. Um, Lucas Burrow, as we head across to the MAC, is at Ball State. Originally a Swans Academy player. He hasn't seen any action yet, but um, hopefully he does. Jack Lowe is a true freshman at Kent State. He's a three-star defensive lineman. Um, so hopefully he gets a little bit of play there. Josh Smith, a freshman punter as well at Kent State. Jack Wilson's at Ohio. And Bailey Flint from Toledo is a Ray Guy watch list. Was a team captain last year and a Ray Guy nominee despite only punting 19 times last year. So they think a lot of him. In the Mountain West, Matt Goodyear is a senior at Fresno State. So he comes from uh, not Pro Kick, but Punt Factory Australia. So a competitor to Chappie and the boys down there in Melbourne. But he's on a one-year deal only as a senior. Charlton or Chaz Butt is at UNLV. Made a solid start last year. And Stephen Cotsanley, who you've mentioned many times on this show at Utah State, punted 37 times last year and had a pretty good start to the season. As we truck on through to the Sun Belt, we've got three guys in this conference that are Ray Guy Watch List. Xavier Saboch, I'm still not sure how to fully pronounce his name. He's an App State preseason all-conference team, and he's got to be there at the finish line in terms of the Ray Guy. Jack Brooks at Southern Alabama is a Ray Guy, and Reese Byrne at Louisiana, who has been there for a long time as well, but he's a second-team all-conference player last year. On top of that, we've got Luke Magliozzi at Troy, Seamus O'Kelly at Texas State, um, and he was a second-team all-conference player last year as well. And Kieran Collahan at Coastal Carolina is a kicker who hit an extra point last year. No wonder the Sun Belt are wrecking the Big 12 with a punting lineup like that. You can't be that surprised. Yeah, obviously. Hayden Kerr is a freshman at UConn. He'll see plenty of duties this year as UConn returned to football after taking last year off. That is the group of five, and clearly there is a lot of names there. We don't have all the Australians playing in um, Division Two and Three football either, but there's a lot of guys at various schools um, around the country that are not um, FBS schools. All right, that is good. half of the you're guys doing, done. You're doing good, mate. 
That is I half of the guys this. gone. Let's get to probably some more players we're going to see this year. And let's go with uh, the Big 12 because they have three Ray Guy watch list players. Tom Hutton at Oklahoma State, formerly mentioned him already. He's got a wife and kid over there. Jordy Sandy at TCU. Uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. And Ryan Buczewski, who also has been at Texas for a million years. Those three guys are on the watch list. Alex Hale's the kicker. Isaac Pearson at Texas. He was the number three punter in last year's class. So um, potentially won't have a great year this year as is what happens with punters when they head across from Australia. Their first year tends to be a little bit scratchy, um, but look out for him in future years. And Corey Dunn at Iowa State, who is always at the top of the numbers leaderboard as well. So the Big 12 representing. Well done, you guys. Uh, the ACC, apparently because it's the furthest place away from Australia, they tend to be a little bit lighter on in Australians. Boo. Um, but there are three still in the conversation for the Ray Guy. Kurt Christodolo, Alex Mastromano at Florida State, and Lou Headley, previously mentioned Lou Headley at Miami, and he probably goes in as a favorite. He was an All-American last year. Mark Vassett is the other guy at Louisville as a freshman. So um, a lot of talent there in the ACC. Yeah, I think what well, Louis Headley was runner-up in the Ray Guy last year. So what you guys in the ACC don't make up for in volume, you certainly do in quality. Exactly. In the SEC, Wilson Berry from Kentucky, he replaces the Duff man. Max Duffy is gone. Unfortunately, we say goodbye to him, but they bring in Wilson Berry as a freshman. Ben Key um, is a junior defensive lineman at Missouri. So um, hopefully he can have a good season as a Division One. Uh, power five defensive lineman, which is impressive. Oscar Chapman, sophomore at Auburn from Adelaide uh, originally, 28 punts in his first year, um, and he's from PAC. Just a fun little fact there. Uh, uh, Nick Constantino is a redshirt sophomore at Texas A&M. Also a watch list guy, Jeremy Crawshaw, setting setting himself for his first year with Florida. Uh, so he's set for a big, big season as well. They're expecting big things out of him, and he is supposed to be sneaky good. They're expecting him to do massive, massive things in Florida. So watch out for that name. In the Big Ten, Adam Corsack has been at Rutgers for a million years. He was second team all Big Ten last year. Jesse Murko at Ohio State brings big raps with him, but he's a freshman, so a little patience on him. Tory Taylor at Iowa, Mark Crawford at Minnesota, Daniel Cerny at Nebraska, Blake Hayes at Illinois has been there forever. He is a watch list guy. Hugh Robertson and Jack Ansel at Purdue. Uh, the other one we will mention that we haven't mentioned, or I have today already, is uh, Daniel Farlele at Minnesota along the offensive line. Nice little blend in the Big Ten there of familiar names and a few new ones, which is which is really good to see. The pipeline well, good, continues. And it's good to see that those schools are actually timing up their punting uh, changeovers really well. So Blake Hayes is a senior this year at Illinois. Hugh Robertson is the redshirt freshman from Victoria who will take over the reins um, heading into next season. So some of these schools are already understanding what's happening here and they get their next um, shot in the barrel, uh, ready to go. Uh, in the Pac-12, as we head to our last conference, Tom Snee at Oregon. Now, you thought he was going to have a big year last year. A little bit disappointing. Not necessarily because of him, but just the Pac-12 didn't play enough games. Josh Green at Oregon State. Um, Adelaide High School, originally. Um, Jamison Sheehan at Cow. 
Uh, and hopefully he has a pretty good year this year. Nick Haber, who came with huge, huge raps. He's at Washington State, seventh best punter uh, and a former Brisbane Lion as well. Ben Griffiths at USC. He's a former AFL player as well, and he's set for a huge, huge year. Josh Watts at Colorado, and here's that switchover again. Well, actually, we've got a couple of guys at Utah, non-punters. Luke Felix Fualalo um, is an offensive tackle and Thomas Yasmin is a tight end at Utah as well so he'll be in the rotation he did some good stuff last year um, a big big boy there is a red shirt sophomore so hopefully he can get a couple of catches and potentially even get in the end zone but that is all of the Australians getting it done in college football in season 2021 Great job pulling that together, mate. There are a lot of names that you now need to uh, scour for and, and bring together, which is awesome, awesome to see. But, uh, yeah, I, I really look forward to following all these boys this year. You, you, some of these names are so familiar, and, and you kind yeah. of grow, grow fond of what you see and, and you know who's put in good years previously and, and what we're going to see. So we'll continue to do that this year. We'll continue to pump the boys up every chance we get and, and make sure that we're tracking... Uh, as best we can with the numbers that we see through. And as we say all the time, hopefully maybe even get in touch with a couple of them and, and get yeah. them on the show. Mate, you gotta, you got to start hustling that social media world. Aren't you on paternity out. leave yet? Me? Uh, yeah, but I'm going to have heaps of time, obviously. Anyway, actually, I'll probably up at the right time of the day exactly to actually right. make some of those calls. So that's not too bad. All right. Uh, quickly, who are we getting around in season 2021? These are the teams that become our little darling teams. For me, a couple of years ago, it was Purdue, and they jacked Ohio State, the number two team in the country. They got them, blew them out of the water, and I was rock hard and excited when that occurred. I can't remember who I had last year. Uh, Minnesota? No, I don't know. I had somebody. Um, but this year, I have already pledged my allegiance to the powder blue of the Bruins. UCLA are my Power 5 team. And let's get around the Mustangs. SMU, um, they are set for a big season under Sonny Dykes. Love it. Yeah, no, this is a bit of fun that we have every year where we just kind of pick a team that we're going to focus in on personally. Yours and, is and always really Cincinnati, around. though. It's, it's the it's, same it's, team every it's year. It's often Cincinnati. And <laughs> now this year, they, I've, I've kind of willed them up to be in the top 10. And uh, I'm jumping off. I'm, I'm moving yeah, you're, from you're Cincinnati. You're the reason they're there. You're the reason to, they're there. Yeah, well. And, so now you're going to you sprinkle your magic fairy dust on another team. Wyoming. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking it over to Wyoming. And then when they get in the top 10, you will fucking recognize. So, is that because they're the same color as the Hawks? Is that why you've gone with... And uh, they're the Cowboys. It's the combo of the two that's just too yeah, too yeah. much for me to overlook. So uh, I, I'm going to be following uh, Wyoming this year. I hope they do well in the group of five. And in the power five, it's Washington. I, I genuinely think they you've have... You've been on that boat before. I genuinely think they have a fantastic defense and uh, they're going to be the champions in the Pac-12 this year, so I'm going to ride that wave with them. You've really gone out on a limb there. Washington with a great defense. Okay, recapping our conference champs and potential national champ semifinal teams. Again, this is one of your babies. So, SEC, who you got? Uh, SEC, I'm taking Georgia over Alabama in the championship game. I'm taking Bama over Georgia. Yay. We're going chalk there. Uh, Big 12. Uh, Big 12, I'm taking Iowa State over Oklahoma. Uh, I'm going to flip that. <laughs> I'm taking Oklahoma over the clones. Pac-12. Uh, Pac-12, I'm going Washington over USC. Uh, what am I going to do here? Because I said Arizona State in the preview, but 
uh, I don't know how I feel about it's Let's, those okay. re- it's those recruiting violations, isn't it? You've read more. Yeah, of that's those, what's and making you've been me like. Was... Actually, I'm going to cool my jets. But on I still the Sun think Jaden Daniels is good, but Real they've good. they've got to come, overcome like USC and Utah. Oh no! To get out of the South, but let's okay. Let's go Arizona State and Oregon. I'll stay with my original pick, but I'll take Arizona State to beat Oregon with zero confidence. Excellent. Uh, Big 10. Uh, I'm taking Wisconsin over Ohio State. See a bit of a theme here. Yeah, you're just taking the underdog. <laughs> and I'm taking Ohio State over Wisconsin. Not Northwestern. They don't get a mention. And the ACC. Uh, uh, this one, I am going Clemson. I think they will beat Miami. I'm taking Clemson, but I think I went North Carolina. Um, I want it to be Miami. I think Miami's a better... They've got more talent. Um, but are they better coached? Dunno. I'm taking Clemson over North Carolina. Okay, what does your playoff look like then? Uh, I guess it's going to look the three, the four predictable ones. Like I am going really, really boring here. I think Oklahoma dropped one, but because of their talent and their preseason ranking, that's going to put them in a position to finish fourth. I don't think um, we get a situation where I think like if. It, it's tough. I mean, I'm really putting it down to do Clemson beat Georgia. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, so if that's the case, I'm probably saying Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then Oklahoma. But if Oklahoma drop one and Georgia don't accept the championship game, there's a fair argument to make that Georgia should be in there. But I think Georgia have got a really easy schedule as well. This isn't helping me. Okay, I'm going to take Georgia then. Okay, I'm saying the Big 12 miss out again. I'll take, I'll talk myself into it. But I think Georgia's schedule is too easy. Outside of the Clemson game, they should have a pretty good run into the SEC championship game. So I will say Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Georgia 4, and then we go. So you're saying the first week of the semifinal is Alabama Georgia. We get a replay of the SEC championship game. But they're going to have to. Okay. No, that's fine. They're going to have to. Like, if they go undefeated and then they lose to Alabama, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess I think, what they would. Yeah, but if they, I did think that's that, where Oklahoma it, gets in. So uh, for mine, just to, to yeah, keep I'm, this I'm moving a mess. on. This is like me trying to explain what week zero is again. <laughs> this is I'm, shit I'm saying Georgia are going to win through, and they'll they'll get that top seed. Uh, they would have beaten Clemson in week one, who then win every game since then, and they'll take that number two spot. Alabama will have won all of their games except the SEC uh, championship game, so they'll slot into that three spot. And then Wisconsin on the back of a Big Ten victory outpace the likes of uh, Iowa State to get that final spot or Washington. Uh, okay, so I'm rethinking mine now. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Georgia missed okay. out. Okay, so I, so I have Georgia beating Wisconsin and then Clemson, Alabama, coin flip, and then Georgia beats whoever, which of those two? Ooh, Georgia, Georgia going to win a national championship. I disagree with you. I don't think Kirby Smart's that good a coach. If you have a look over the last five years, who's got you more five stars Nick than anybody? Saban's a good coach. I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's a good recruiter, and he runs good systems. So is That's Kirby what Smart. I think. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, different. <laughs> Kirby Smart has not done anything with all the talent he's got. At least Alabama goes in and trashes team. 
teams. Georgia has had more five stars than any other team in college football in the last five years. And what have they got for it? Yeah, okay, they were a, a Tua Tungavailoa big play away from winning a national championship. But since then, they've really struggled to compete. Um, so I think Georgia should have produced more. Okay. Would be my take on that. Okay, let's head to so, what we're... So, re- who have you got winning it all? Fuck me. Where are we now? This is a shit house. Who have you got you. winning it all? shit by you. Alabama. Okay. Which leads me to my championship draft. I want your Heisman am, pick. Which I'm going to win. Heisman pick? I don't give a fuck about the Heisman. No one knows. So you're not giving me... The it, wheels are coming off for me here, dude. They are. I love, they are. I love, I love the season launch program, but I don't give a shit about this prediction crap. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm Derek King to win the Heisman. Are you? Is that cheer you up a little bit, mate? So am I. So am I. <laughs> Get around to Eric King. And who's going to come second? I'm taking Graham Mertz. All right, let's Ooh. get... I'm not taking Graham Mertz. I don't rate him at all. All right, let's get to our championship draft. I'm going to win it this year, baby. Okay, talk us through how this is going to work. Okay, we're back. The auction edition is back. So I'm going to give a quick recap of the rules for our players at home. But uh, the championship draft is a segment where both Aaron and I select teams throughout the year uh, and then build up a stable of teams in which we are trying to compete with each other. Now, the auction edition means that we are buying teams $4. That is the value corresponding to where they are at the AP poll at any given time. So if you are ranked number one in the AP poll, you are worth $25. If you are ranked 25 in the poll, you are worth $1. It, it all kind $1. of... $1. One whole dollar. <laughs> uh, teams that are not ranked are free. Uh, and then, so to kick things off, we will be given $30 each and we'll be able to make three selections. You will go first as you are the loser. Uh, then I will have a turn and, and we will bounce back and forward. And then next week and, and every week from here on in, you'll be given an opportunity to first sell a program if you, if you would like. So you can sell to recoup those dollars and then you can buy another one in with any money that you've made or pick up a free team if you're not sitting anything. Have I missed anything? No, you haven't. Very good. Now you won it last year, so I'm still like first yes let, let me just get one last point in the the team or the the group that has the national championship winning team will get a bonus fifteen dollars so this last is what year, killed me last year yeah this so last year me. last year it was twenty dollars uh you had me by 14 going into it then bam i won it i had them so i think 15 is the right number now that we've calibrated that let's say 15 dollars to the to whoever has the winning team now we had a bit of a strategy we both had separate strategies in this last year um and i'm going to go with a similar strategy because i think it sort of worked but i really rely on getting my very first pick correct so i am going to spend $25 $25 on the Alabama Crimson Tide straight out the gate. Um, that is my plan. I'm spending large and I am just going to back them in to win the national. I need them to win the national championship now. Uh, you know, they're my pick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no making money on them, is there? So, no. and, and well, no I can. I can you... make $15. That's what I need to make. Correct. 
Correct. And, and it's, not a, it's not a terrible strategy, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I have my draft board over here, and they are sitting up smack bang the top. So <laughs> whilst I think Georgia are uh, going to win <laughs> yeah, the national true. championship... <laughs> Yeah, well, let's see you put your fake money where your I, mouth is. I, I, the, the thing that holds me back on Georgia is that Clemson game Alabama are really good. No, 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 Alabama it's, it's the Clemson really game week one, right? Because if they drop that game, you're going to lose some money. Yes, I still think they can go on and win the national championship on the back of that. That's part of their bonuses here. They get the double chance. But uh, Alabama, who are they playing this week? Miami? Pfft. Probably oh, here that, we go. So. Jack King's winning the Heisman, dude. So. Yeah, because he gets that one out of the way early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. No, good selection. I like that. Um, I now get a get to choose. So, for mine, I think I'm going to grab a team that is just outside of the top 25. So, free wow. here. Not spending any money. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to grab Oklahoma State. <laughs> wow. That's a homer pick if I've ever heard of it. It is, but I think they're better than unranked. I think they, the first four or five games of the year, they're going to be heavily favoured in, uh, at mm. which point they will have moved up, hopefully make some, me some money. I can see how they're playing and I can make a decision as to whether I want to flip them or not later on. Yep. Okay. I'm going to follow in a similar boat, but I'm actually going to spend some money. I'm spending $1 on Arizona State. I think they'll get away to a pretty good first four or five weeks, enough to bump them up into the inside the top 20, even though they won't have beaten anybody. But there'll be some teams that will lose and they'll move up by default. So I'm taking Arizona State. Give me the like, doubles. I like that one. I, I certainly had Danny Mark down as a list too. That's it's a good selection. Uh, so you've spent $26, I've spent $0. Uh, my next pick, I am going to go with the powerhouse that is Coastal Carolina. So they <laughs> will cost me $4 at the moment. I'm, pay I'm paying a premium for them, but I just don't know where they lose. Like I look at their schedule mm. and, and they could win every fucking game. And yes, they're capped. They're probably capped at around that 10 11, to 12. Uh, yeah, 10 to 12 yeah. mark. But if I can get them up there and, and they can make me 10 bucks over the first five weeks of the season, I'll take that every day of the week. So Coastal Carolina for $4. Nice one. I think there's an interesting thing this year is like everyone in the top 25, you feel like kind of deserves it on some level. As soon as you get outside of the top 25, I feel like you're really stretching to convince yourself that they deserve to jump in. And I think that's supported by the votes. Like Oklahoma State are gaining heaps of votes. Who's the other team? I don't even have it open in front of me. T no, TCU. Ole Miss. Ole Miss are getting heaps of votes. And outside of that, though, it drops away really it does. quickly. It does. Like it's not like, I don't know. To me, it's like a bit of a stretch. Anyway, I'm going to spend again on my last pick. I'm going to spend $2 on Utah, um, I think that, yes, they have a USC problem and they will lose to them, but I can dump them before that happens. And again, I think they probably gain me a few bucks and that's really what I'm chasing at the moment. And I guess I'm going to play a similar strategy to what I did last year and that is try and get the national champion, but then build my way up by buying some cheaper teams and hopefully making a few bucks here and there and then buying back into the middle somewhere. Yeah, I mean, last year, our, our, our big contrast, I think, was that I was buying and selling a, buying and selling a lot, and, and you were not so much. You kind of were willing to sit on your guys and, and do that a bit more. So 
I mean, yeah, I was losing until I won. Um, so we, we can look at those strategies. But I, I think you are right in that you, you want to try and bank one of those winners. So uh, I've got a decision to make. I think the easy one for me here is to grab Oklahoma. Georgia. Georgia. It is to grab Oklahoma. Uh, they're not going to be challenged in their schedule for quite some time. So I, I'm going to get a good feeling as to where they sit and how that's looking before I need to make a call on them. The Georgia-Clemson one, you could get burnt early and there's not much to gain. I mean, Georgia, yeah, you could jump up a couple of spots, but it's not really worth that risk there. So I'm going to grab Oklahoma for $24. Uh, and that's going to mean mm. that we've both spent $28. There you go. Uh, I've, I've bought the two Oklahoma schools, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. <laughs> you've grabbed, uh, and Coastal Carolina. Uh, you've gone Alabama, Arizona State, and Utah. And we are away for season 2021 championship draft. Okay. And in that, uh, not that it's gambling, but we've got a lot more to come on the kind of predicting results front in terms of a more of a financial investment perspective as we get into uh, previews, as we get into on the punt. We've got a lot more interaction. Some boys from the Vault Studio are kind enough to help us out on that front. So we're going to be running a bit of a competition uh, with them to see how we go and who the worst gambler is. And I would suggest that Corey or Will is going to lead the charge on that front. They tend to dump the most money in, so they tend to lose the most. I, I'm not willing to write Corey off. I'm, I'm certainly not willing to put him in the same basket as myself. He does all right. He actually backs winners every now and then. He's picking Korean basketball today. That's how uh, dedicated baseball, you baseball. know he is. You, you know <laughs> he's in deep. Baseball. Oh, God. You're talking about how games are getting washed out and all sorts of crap. Anyway, um, yeah, so we're really, really looking forward to that. All right, that brings us to the end of our season launch. We've hit a lot of players, a lot of storylines. Big focus on the Aussies as well. So thank you so much for joining us. It is a pleasure. And season 2021 is here. We get to kick things off this weekend. Um, so obviously, I'm really looking forward to it. I assume you are as well, William. Cannot wait. Oh, your uh, excitement is palpable, mate. Um, all right. As mentioned earlier, please do hit us up at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CFB Down Under. Join us across at the Vault Studio Podcast Network as well and hit JA and the boys up. And again, lastly, thanks to Burnley Brewing. We will see you on Thursday later in the week for our week one preview episode as college football games are just around the corner kickoff weekend is here so on behalf of that guy over there thank you very much for joining us my name's aaron that is will and we will see you next time i spent last night in the arms of a girl in louisiana and though i'm out on the highway Such a strange combination.